So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. In that case, let's get to the news. A newly appointed White House Communications Director Anthony Scaramucci announced that press briefings will be televised again, tweeting yesterday, TV cameras are back on. Yeah, I bet they are. <laughs> Look at that guy. He did not work on his hair that long to go on the radio. He probably can't reach orgasm without at least two cameras on him. Look at him like a televangelist without the humility. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the mooch! That is some hair. Uh, so, we've done panels from time to time on the show. They're always a fan favorite. People love them. I love them. Every time we do one, we think we should do this more often. Then two years later, we do another one. Because well, we're, we're unorganized. Well, we're going to do one soon. In fact, a week from Friday, during the 8 o'clock hour, we've been talking about this on and off amongst ourselves, micro Panel of guys and gals who make their living in the trades. Blue-collar job, plumber, heating, air conditioning, whatever. You make keys? Hmm. Not sure that would qualify. Not, thank you, Michael, for that contribution. Uh, but we're going to do a panel. Uh, how do you like it? Uh, do you think uh, the college boys looking down at you? On you. Look down at you. Even though they're making less money than you. Right. Uh, What do you think of that? Uh, You know, how do you like your life? How do you like your job? Why'd you do it? So next Friday in the 8 o'clock hour. Yeah. Email us if you want to be on the panel. Armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. And and we'll get in touch and schedule up some people to come and talk about it. Armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. Next Friday does not mean this Friday. No. The Friday... After this, you could understand August the fourth. You could understand the confusion. As I was certainly trying to explain this to my seven-year-old the other day. Well, the the next Friday night is in a couple of days. No, that will be this. But when people say next Friday, they mean next week. That's right. Not the next Friday. Just the way it is. Next Friday. (laughs) Just one of those things. Anywho, what are you going to do? So a trio of stories here, very quickly, that all oddly center around Muslims. 
And then we're going to check in with the what's going on kind with the health care. They voted last night, then right. they voted again, then they voted a third time, and now today they're really going to vote with Votorama, whatever the hell that is. So stay tuned. Did you just make that up? It's the, They're all throwing it around like it's a real term. Interesting. So uh, three things. Number one, an update on a story that we mentioned earlier. This is absolutely hilarious. This is such a great illustration of media bias. Um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, her felonious aide, um, the uh, Awan family, a bunch of members of this family were hired as IT professionals by Wasserman Schultz and other Democrats. Um, a lot of them are under indictment. The one just got arrested trying to flee the country. Uh, there is the multiple investigations. There are blackmail, um, stealing taxpayer money, real estate fraud, all sorts of stuff. Um, and I wish I had time to lay it out in more detail if you're just hearing about this, because it's really, really interesting. And Debbie Wasserman Schultz acting very, very oddly and defensively. Now, these people are on all sorts of different indictments, and they're being investigated by the feds, et cetera, et cetera. And Debbie Wasserman Schultz had this guy on her staff. He was just arrested trying to flee the country at the airport. She had him on her staff until Tuesday, even though... Uh, the uh, it's been increasingly clear that this whole family is up to serious nasty hijinks. Well, the AP this morning said Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz has fired an information technology staffer following his arrest on a bank fraud charge at a Virginia airport when he was attempting to fly to Pakistan. Um, it's interesting. If you look at more conservative uh, um, news, they point out that uh, this guy has obviously been a felon and his brothers and sisters, it's, it, many of whom have already fled the country. The fact that he was on the payroll until Tuesday, even though as an IT guy, he was banned from the House network because he was under investigation. Debbie Wasserman Schultz was still paying him his huge salary of taxpayer money until Tuesday. We'll see where this one comes out. His lawyer, by the way. Says that the uh, the one charge, the federal bank fraud count, stems from a modest real estate manner and is motivated by anti-Muslim bigotry. Sure it is. I've explained this to you many times. I'll explain it to you again. There are certain places, <laughs> all right, Berkeley, California, prominent among them, that have a, a worship of xenophilia. They frantically try to signal how virtuous they are by hating everything that is America or American. And loving and worshiping anything that is foreign. That's how they frantically signal to each other how enlightened they are. And if you knee-jerk reject everything American, you're every bit as stupid as a guy who said, you know, slavery must have been good because we did it. I mean, you're both idiots. Public radio station KPFA in Berkeley has canceled a planned book discussion and fundraiser next month with author and outspoken atheist Richard Dawkins. Known for his best-selling 2006 book, The God Delusion, etc., etc., claim charging that comments he's made about Islam are abusive speech. Uh, the charge he used, uh, quote, Islamic, uh, Islamophobic rhetoric. Boy, that's interesting. So they won't let him speak. He's he's one of the world's leading religion is dumb uh, and dangerous <laughs> and, and ruining the world. Um, I mean, he debates people all around the world. I mean, he's he's the very sort of thing you'd expect you'd get out of a Berkeley. But because he includes Muslims along with Christianity and everything else, boy, it's very you get you get very confused. I'm guessing when you you live that lifestyle of virtue signaling. <laughs> they stated the speech we were. I'm sorry, was there more to that thought? I mean, he's anti-religion, so I like that. 
But by being anti-religion, he's also anti-Muslim, so I can't like I've that. Got to, I've got to show everybody how enlightened I am by always being pro-Islam, even though uh, most, the vast majority of Muslims around the world abhor everything I believe in, like gay rights and the rest of it. Yeah, that's got to be uh, confusing. Um, this is quoting the station. The charge used, quote, Islamophobic rhetoric stated the speech we reviewed included assertions during his current book tour that Islam is, quote, the most evil of world religions. Uh, Twitter posts denigrating Muslim scholars as non-scholars, which is obviously true. How would you argue with that? And other tweets. How would you argue with that? Here's a guy, Richard Dawkins, famous for thinking religion is the root of the problems of the world. And he says, of the big religions, Muslims are causing the biggest, the, Islam is causing the biggest problem. Right how now. Would you, yeah. Right now. How would you possibly argue with that assertion? He said instead he's criticized Islamism, movements that seek to impose Islamic law and theology, often through force and violence, saying, far from attacking Muslims, I understand that Muslims themselves are the prime victims of the oppressive cruelties of Islamism. He also questioned why the state, the station didn't seem to have a problem with critical things he said about Christianity, saying, yeah. why do you give Islam a free pass? Why is it fine to cri- criticize Christianity, but not Islam? Because he says horrifying things about Christianity. Right. Because KPFA... In Berkeley, like most Berkeleyites, are frantic to signal how virtuous they are by hating anything American and loving anything foreign. Final story, briefly, because we have a guest coming up. There is a the a big mosque in Davis, California, right down the road from Berkeley. Was that the one where the lady put some uh, bacon on the door handle Absolutely. or something? Nice move, sweetheart. Um, uh, he, well, the uh, imam there did a recent... Uh, uh, what do they call it? It's sermon, essentially, um, in which he prayed for the annihilation of the Jews, uh, called for liberating the Al-Aqsa Mosque. If you've been following that story, there's a big controversy in over Israel. Why is every major world religion out of the like the same town, like the same square block? What is it with that? Why did Iceland never come up with a good religion? They got a thing for elves over there, fairies or something, I think. Anyway, so you got this imam, and I I have the quotes, and they are quite interesting. Um, Quoting the Prophet Muhammad, Judgment Day will not come until the Muslims fight the Jews and the Jews hide behind stones and trees, Uh, et cetera, et cetera. The Prophet Muhammad says that the time will come, the last hour will not take place until the Muslims fight the Jews. Um, then he said, uh, da, 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 uh, and he called the Jew, uh, the filth that is the Jews. So, um, it's just, you know, thought you might be interested. We've occasionally had, uh, Christian pastors that pastors rather that delivered virulently anti-gay, uh, words from the pulpit. That's been big news. You've got an imam talking about Jews as filth and talking about annihilating the Jews. Is that newsworthy? Is that interesting? As an aside, I cherish the guy's right to say that under the First Amendment. On the other hand, I think it's pretty interesting that that's being said. So, uh, I didn't want to take the time to actually read the newspaper articles and figure it out. They had complicated Senate votes and... People were yelling, yay, Obamacare's dead, or yay, Obamacare's going to stay forever, or it went back and forth. We're getting votey McVote-faced. Yeah, now they're voting a lot today. We're going to check in with somebody who actually knows what's going on. They will explain it to us next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Broke my leg. I was running from my brother and his friends. 
Let's get right to the big news of the day. Uh, this afternoon, Republicans in the Senate narrowly won a vote on Obamacare. Uh, and when I heard this news, I, I was bummed. I really was. I was bummed. And then I found out that it was simply a vote to begin debating the future of Obamacare. <laughs> Which raises the question, what the hell have they been doing this whole time? I mean, with a system like this, how are you ever going to get to a solution? You have a debate as to whether you should have a vote, and then you have a vote whether they should decide to debate to vote. Even dogs are like, you've got to stop chasing that tail, bro. It, is, uh, it does look a little like that from the outside for the world's most deliberative body. As we're watching the Senate's goings-on yesterday. And yet it used to kind of work. Paige Winfield-Cunningham, health policy reporter for the Washington Post, joins us to bring us up to speed what's happening. Uh, Paige, how are you? I'm doing well. I actually got some sleep last night, so I'm feeling good. Oh, good, good. Yeah, it's funny. We've talked to quite a number of reporters who work uh, the D.C. scene who... Who say every night they sit down to dinner and something crazy happens? The president tweets something, and you're yeah. off off to the yeah. races. But but hey, right. listen, we uh, we are not procedure wonks, nor are uh, the members of the audience. Can you just explain for us as normal people what's going on with the whole Obamacare debate? Right. So this vote yesterday afternoon that everybody was talking about was a procedural vote to just open up debate on legislation. And the, the, the vehicle that senators are using is this budget reconciliation bill, uh, which would only require, you know, 50 votes within the help of Vice President Mike Pence to pass so they can uh, bypass Democrats. So basically, once they they decided to open up debate, that kind of means it's a free-for-all, essentially. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell can substitute virtually any bill in that he would want to, uh, and he has a number of past Obamacare-type repeal bills that Congress has looked at before, uh, and senators can offer uh, a lot of amendments. And so what we're looking at um, over the next two days or so is 20 hours of debate um, and multiple, multiple votes on bills repealing different aspects of the Affordable Care Act, amendments, amendments from Republicans to put in different replacement elements, amendments from Democrats to try to undermine this whole process, because, of course, they're deeply frustrated at, at, at this whole effort. Okay, um, i got to stop you end, right there, because that, that confuses me. So if, if somehow they decide to vote on uh, the mandate, we're going to do away with the mandate, then does the next vote say, and then the next vote is going to be, we're going to cover... All um, preconceived, what do they call that? Pre-existing conditions. Pre-existing conditions. Do they take into account the fact that they just voted in the mandate so it no longer makes sense to try to do that because it's financially unsustainable? Or do they just take each one individually and then at the end end up with something that doesn't make sense? Well, in the end, they do have to vote on one cohesive, comprehensive bill. Right. Because, Because they have to have legislation that that would then either go to the House for the House to pass it or would go to conference with the House to sort of hammer out differences between the two. So, you know, regardless of how many different votes we see at the end of all of this, there is most likely either the whole thing will go down in in flames or there will be some kind of bill which then Republicans are going to call Obamacare repeal, even if it ultimately ends up repealing only very small parts of the law. 
Why aren't the Democrats engaging in this process and saying, we need this, we need that, uh, we need the other? Yeah, we like this part. Like on some of these amendments, will will Democrats join in and say, yeah, we agree. Uh, Pre-existing conditions should not be a barrier, and you'll get a whole bunch of Democrats on that particular vote. Or will that not happen? Well, you know, there is some speculation that if Republicans turn to the skinny Obamacare repeal bill, which everyone's talking about, this bill that would basically just get rid of the law's individual and employer mandates and then one of its taxes, you might be able to peel off a few of the moderate Democrats. You know, the individual and employer mandates are sort of the most unpopular parts of the ACA. Because they um, pay for and, it, right. <laughs> right. And as is this this uh, this medical device tax, which could potentially be included and some of the moderate uh, Democrats, Joe Donnelly of Indiana, uh, perhaps Heidi Heitkamp of North Dakota, some of these Dems may be open to a bill like that. But that's still pretty far down the road. More immediately today, Republicans are going to take up a bill that would only repeal a lot of the Affordable Care Act and not replace it. Okay. Uh, and this is something that conservatives really want because they want to take this vote and say, hey, we voted to ditch the, the, the ACA. But moderates aren't, are probably going to vote against it because they're very concerned about rolling back these coverage expansions without something to replace it with. So there's a lot of drama that has to happen probably over today and tomorrow before we get to some ultimate vote on legislation. Are they going to, is this, this will be, well, obviously it's all on C-SPAN, but do you, are cable news channels going to follow all this voting the next couple of days probably? Yeah, well, I mean, it's sort of an unprecedented amount of drama on the Senate floor. So I think a lot of people are going to be are going to be pretty glued to it. Um, you know, things are changing even even as we speak. There are senators that are filing amendments and McConnell's been trying to kind of lay out a rough plan. But I can't stress enough that everything is, is kind of fluid. Uh, and, and, and a lot of it is going to be dependent on kind of the support or the opposition that McConnell senses, you know, from his rank and file as he tries to kind of feel out you know, what he could get, what kind of legislation he could get that 50 votes for. Yeah, boy. Paige Winfield Cunningham, health policy reporter for The Washington Post. Meanwhile, Mr. and Mrs. America wonder how the hell they're going to pay for their health care. Thanks uh, very much for the information. We appreciate the uh, the clarity of, uh, of your report. Thanks. No problem. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. I'm not um, sure I still get it, but I'm well, a dullard. Well, you know what occurred to me uh, halfway through, and I completely lost interest at that point. Although Paige, <laughs> Paige, was, Paige was outstanding. I mean, she was terrific. She couldn't have been better. Was this? Th- th- we're like 35 yards into the Kentucky Derby. They're jawing over stuff that might conceivably be part of a package that weeks from now will be sent to the House where well, they'll say this is a pile of crap. And and not even vote on it but or whatever. Are, and the, just... are the each individual votes during Votorama going to be taken in a vacuum? Like, are they going to say we're going to vote on pre-existing conditions? Do we think that should be right? Yeah, you know, blah yes. blah blah. So then somebody brings up, you know, uh, somebody with cancer and says, "This woman would not be able to get cancer. She will die if we. You know, right. th- th- we're going to do that. Very persuasive. Yes. Be all dramatic yes. and stuff on cable news. Mm-hmm. Completely detached from the rest of the stuff? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's no way to to put together a policy. I understand what you're saying, because at the end, you might end up with this monstrous creation (laughs) with the head of a pig and, 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 you know, the tail of a goat or (laughs) whatever. Right, right. but I think what what it comes down to is they agree. All right, this so we agree. This ought to be in there. We agree. This ought to be in there. We agree. This ought to be in there. But then down the road they got to craft the final thing that gets voted. I mean, uh, voted on. So if they pass the uh, the Joe Amendment that left-handed people get extra subsidies, well, all right. So they vote. Yeah, that seems like a good idea. I know some lefties are nice fellows. Um, great. But then they have to vote on the whole thing at the end anyway. 
So it doesn't become law that lefties get higher subsidies when they vote on it. Okay. It just, it's, well, I heard somebody it's a mess. All right. Well, then we should shut up about it. I, I agree. Um, <laughs> uh, I heard somebody say this yesterday, the, the famous Winston Churchill quote, what happened last night was not the end. It wasn't the beginning of the end. It was merely the end of the beginning. Right. And if we're at the end of the beginning, then wake me up when we get somewhere close exactly. to the end of the end. Oh, it's hilarious. I happen to be rolling along listening to uh, the Fox News on my radio yesterday. And uh, the, the this is a Fox News alert was the beginning of the show. The Senate votes tonight on health care policy and the impact couldn't be any larger. And I thought, wow, that is the most that is the worst bowl of hyperbole garbage I've ever heard in my life. They're holding a preliminary preliminary vote. The impact couldn't be any good. But there will be no impact. This is going to go on for weeks, and none of it makes any sense. And both sides are dug in for entirely partisan reasons. But this is important, Vincent. What did John McCain say about our beloved profession? This is how I feed my family. And a senator to applause in the room as the man comes off what perhaps might be his deathbed Mm. with brain cancer and scars on his face to say this. Stop listening to the bombastic loudmouths on the radio. To hell with them. There you go. Wow. Wow. Hey, hey. I'm a human being over here. Right. I'm, I might be a bit of a BLM, but. Uh... <laughs> Doesn't mean we don't have feelings. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, even the Pentagon was caught off guard by President Trump's cha- transgender military ban. How to tell what your pet is thinking. Amazon may have the answer. We've got Michael Phelps shark talking coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Giddy. I'll tell you what your pet is thinking. I'm hungry. Now I'm sleepy. Now I'm hungry again. Now I'm sleepy. I got to poop. Now I'm hungry. That's all they're thinking. (laughs) That's the sum total. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So he didn't even tell the Pentagon when he came up with this idea, huh? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, they'll find out soon enough. They can find out. They can, they can follow my Twitter feed. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Yeah, yes. The Pentagon seems to have been unaware. President Donald Trump decided to bar transgender people from the military. A Pentagon spokesman, that would be Navy Captain Jeff Davis, refused to answer questions about what Trump's tweeted announcement means for the current policy, including whether transgender people already serving in the military will be kicked out. Let me skip How that many and tell are you. There? Eight. Let me skip all that and tell you what it actually means. What it actually means is Donald Trump heard Chuck Schumer try to pivot away from identity t- politics and go with a more Trumpian slogan of a <sighs> of a new deal or whatever and try so right. and try to take some of the Trump mojo if it's going to be about jobs, it's going to be about this when everybody's been howling, you got to stop talking about transgender bathrooms and all this different stuff. That's oh. not what most Democrats want. This and is Trump, the work of Bannon. And this is brilliant. Yes. Trump has now put Chuck Schumer and all other Democrats in a position yeah. of if they're in front of a microphone from a cable news channel today, they're going to have to talk about transgenders in the military. Oh, my God. You've nailed it. Old simple Jack. Old subtlety Jack. That was a smart political move. Yeah, He's wow. forcing them back into their box of talking about identity politics. Oh, man. this Wow, that's clever. I wonder if they'll fall for the bait. The news channels are. Do. The news channels are CBS this morning. Transgender military ban right at the beginning. Right. I, I see a senator up there on MSNBC right now talking about transgender. 
transgenders in the military not talking about their new agenda, the New Deal or whatever it's right. called. The new, better, super good deal. Which I thought was a great idea, but I heard Tucker Carlson the other night say, In, until I see Democrats on cable news talking about this agenda as opposed to, and he used the example of transgender bathrooms, I'm not going to believe it's actually... Their new message. Boy, and Texas just passed a law, too. Do you think that's the same maneuver? Or is that, you know, I know. sincere, I think that's red-blooded probably... Texans and in, in 20-gallon hats saying, I don't want no queers in my bathroom? Yeah. I mean, Yes, Sean? I, the, the fact that this is some sort of political chess maneuver makes it more, like, it makes it worse to me for, for my taste, I guess. I don't know. That doesn't mean, like, he wasn't doing it for my approval. But, why do you hate our right. president, Sean? I'm, I'm only, yeah, why do you hate our country, Sean? I'm I'm only I love the country. It. That's why I hate the president. I'm only... Oh! This is Sean. Sean! I don't believe in kings, I believe in kingdoms. Oh, boy. Brilliant political move, though. All right, moving right along. We've got a California man allegedly used using potato chip containers in the U.S. Postal Service to smuggle deadly king cobras into the country. Fish and wildlife agents arresting 34-year-old Rodrigo Franco of Monterey Park, charging him with one count of illegal importing. In March, the Customs and Border Patrol agents were inspecting a shipment from Hong Kong when they opened three potato chip canisters and found the venomous two-foot-long snakes coiled inside. And yes, Yikes. they were alive. Oy. So anyway, when he was questioned, Franco admitted he'd received like 20 similar shipments in the past, but he insisted all those snakes had died during transport. Well, you're bad at importing snakes, if nothing else. Ever wonder what your dog or cat is thinking? You got a report? No! Well, you got a report? Oh, Does that ruin on. your story? Come on, dogs. Uh, dogs that have the complex feelings. Seriously, sure. I'll, I'll not have you slandering the humble dog like before. Like I said, I'm hungry. Now I'm sleepy. <laughs> no, I'm wrong. Wanna, you no, walk wanna... into a room, your dog looks ashamed. You know he's done something. Maybe they'll give me some food if I look ashamed. And now I'm tired. Mm. Now I'm going to lick myself. Now i got to poop again. Amazon.com mm. has, uh, has discovered there is a huge need, a huge desire for pet owners to know what their pets are thinking. The report from uh, Amazon says we might be able to talk to our pets using a special translator in just 10 years due to technological advances that have been made. That would be cool. Have a conversation. Amazon. Woof, woof, woof. Amazon's supporting research into the technology. It is based on the uh, study of the language of prairie dogs done by a North Arizona University professor. Good way to spend your life. Which, you got to spend your life doing something, which, studying the communication habits of prairie dogs. Well, he found their sounds are distinct and able to be deciphered. They have words for different species of predator and can describe the color of clothes of a human or the coat of coyotes and dogs. Yeah, but wow. you're going to try to talk to your dog using prairie dog language. It's going to be like speaking Mandarin to somebody from the United States. It's, a, it's a, the, another human being, but it's not the same language. I know what my pug is thinking. He's thinking, I hope today's not the day my eyes pop out. <laughs> I'd love to be able to talk to my dog. God, it's hot today. You're telling me, dude, I'm yeah. covered with fur. I heard that. I mean, just think of the possibilities. <laughs> Legendary Olympic swimmer Michael Phelps is defending his race against that computer-generated great white shark after the internet's erupted with people saying they felt duped. <laughs> Everything was either presented on air during multiple interviews that I did throughout 
Shark Week or the beginning of the show. Sorry you feel that way. You know, for me, this is something I always wanted to do, and I was honored to be able to do it. It's hard to swim in a cage when you're next to a shark. Like, it, it, like it wouldn't be able to move at the right speed. Um, so how we did it was the best way that we could do it. And I thought it turned out incredible again. I'm going to say that fantastic. for the rest of my life because I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Michael, I loved it too. Yes, so the idea of it was impossible. So, yeah, that's what we were all wondering about. So you just swam in the ocean, yes. and then they put a computer simulation in the water next to you. Based on a careful study of shark swimming speed. Uh-huh. It was wonderful. That, that was something. Yeah, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to do that my whole life. Did you? You wanted to race a shark your yes. whole life? Yeah, he loved it. He, he, he got a big thrill out of getting up close and personal. Well, as up close and personal as he did in the computer had simulation. Any, he had any heard any rumors about how much money he made off of that? No, I haven't heard anything about that. Vincent, was it millions? Do you think it was millions? Because he was the star and the executive producer, yeah. so who knows? All right. And he's already promised a rematch. He's uh, Phelps tweeted out, I will have a rematch. I don't know what that's going to mean, but anyway. Have Ryan Lochte fight an ape. Come on. <laughs> that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Or Colin McGregor. Ooh, there you have go. Him, have him battle an ape. Of course, you know, he'd have to punch an ape, which is uncool, because the ape's sitting there thinking, dude, what did I do to you? The ape puncher. And then he would tear Colin McGregor's arm off and beat him with the bloody stump. Yes. Uh, an act which is often discussed, but I'm not sure has ever occurred in the natural world. Ripping off somebody's arm and beating them with the bloody end? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Stump, I believe, is the term. Yeah. I don't think that's ever happened either. Wonder who crafted that. Seems like that. a shame. Wonder who crafted that imagery. <laughs> Originally. I wonder. Perhaps they did see it occur. It's tough to prove a negative. Be a heck of a thing to see. Right. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Whatever. Whatever. Stop listening to the bombastic loudmouths on the radio and television and the internet. To hell with them. They don't want anything done for the public good. Our incapacity is their livelihood. Let's trust each other. I don't watch the news. There was, uh, there was more to that speech I really liked. We I've got it right here. Oh, okay. yes. So... Both sides have let this happen, talking about the dysfunction and the uh, partisanship. Mm -hmm. Let's leave the history of who shot first to the historians. I suspect they'll find we all conspired in our decline, either by deliberate actions or neglect. We've all played some role in it. Certainly I have. Sometimes I've let my passion rule my reason. Sometimes I've made it harder to find common ground because of something harsh I said to a colleague. Sometimes I've wanted to win more for the sake of winning than to achieve a contested policy. Incremental progress compromises that each side criticize but also accept just plain muddling through our problems keeps our enemies from doing their worst it isn't glamorous or exciting i really like that that that's an angle you don't hear from people well who haven't fought in a war like he has or whatever the idea that the the rest of the world wants to bring us down Mm -hmm. either or to take what we've got or to take what we've got either you know uh Blowing us up like ISIS or just incrementally and economically, like, you know, name any country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and helping them along is is no good. 
It doesn't feel like a political triumph when we compromise, but it's usually the most we can expect from our system of government, operating in a country as diverse and quarrelsome and as free as ours. Considering the injustice and cruelties inflicted by autocratic governments and how corruptible human nature can be, the problem-solving our system does makes possible the fitful progress it produces and the liberty and justice it preserves is a magnificent achievement. That's true, as uh, screwed up as it often is. Compared to the rest of humanity, it's pretty good. We've been spinning our wheels on too many important issues because we keep trying to find a way to win without help from across the aisle. That's an approach that's been employed by both sides, mandating legislation from the top down without any support from the other side, with all the parliamentary maneuvers that requires. Yeah, well, I think that's pretty clear to anybody who's been observing the process. Oh, yeah. Can a speech change that around? I don't know. Like you said earlier, I would think at some point people will catch on to the whole, okay, so now my side's in power, but the other side won't let anything happen, even stuff they agree with. Right. Now I'm out of power, and the other side's in power, but my side won't let them do anything, even stuff I agree with. I specifically advocated for two mm-hmm. years ago, because, you know, that happens. You know, it's 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 complicated, too, because I, I can hear a lot of you shouting at the radio. It's actually, uh, I well, I can actually hear it. Um John McCain's right. I think he's 100% right. And Washington, D.C. is an incredibly profitable swamp, to borrow the POTUS's nomenclature, of, of greed and cynicism and lying and profit at the expense of the American people. Pitching us on the, the beauty and, and, and utopian promise of, of big government. Meanwhile, they bilk us. Talked about this last week. Five of the ten richest counties in America surround Washington, D.C. There's enormous profits sloshing around. And so there ought to be a great deal of cynicism about uh, or skepticism. You know, I, I don't like cynicism. I like skepticism. There ought to be a ton of that. You ought to be seriously skeptical of everything you hear out of Washington, D.C. Um, and whatever state capital, uh, you know, presides over you. But at the same time, you can't be contemptuous of everything or nothing gets done. Skepticism, not contempt. So I'm looking at the late night jokes about uh, the mooch. Oh, Scaramucci. Seth Myers is way funnier jokes than ones we played. I'll read them for you. Look at that guy. He's a human pinky ring. <laughs> that is absolutely true. <laughs> He's the human embodiment of a double parked BMW. Oh, that's good. He looks like the guy who leaves a doo wop group over creative differences. <laughs> Wow. What the hell? <laughs> he looks like a double-parked BMW. Yeah. He absolutely does. Scaramooch, Scaramooch. <laughs> do you do the Fandango? Oh! Forget about it. That's awesome. Yeah, fantastic. These are troubled times, Jack. I was at the pool yesterday with the kids. Community pool. We've tried all the pools in our town now, deciding which one we like the best. Oh, pool shopping. Yeah. The thing they like the best is the uh, con- the uh, concession stand, generally. Because <laughs> they have Otter Pops, and they're only 50 cents. A delicious, delicious otter pop. The pool concession stand, the first place I ever tasted barbecued potato chips. Oh, really? You can still remember it. one of the most it. amazing moments of my life. The whole experience of the community <laughs> pool, there's just something about it, the, the, something about it the, with the concession stand and everything like that. Uh, it's, the it's, hustle, it's, the bustle. The, yeah. It's, the diseases, the filth. <laughs> the urine. Yeah, it was the first place I got pants. I and hope, uh, I hope the, that's a baby Ruth bar. And the rules. Oh, so boy. many rules. Oh, boy. But so... Uh, Helpfully posted. Yeah, but Sunday, my five-year-old, he's five, was doing, I'm using my finger quotes, 
cannonballs in the water because uh, he'd seen it on TV. It's 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 three feet deep. There's nobody around us. It's not a very busy day. Right. And he's jumping an inch in the air and splashing the water. Manager comes over. Not just one of the lifeguards, but a guy wearing a wearing a badge that says manager. Yeah. He said, no cannonballs. <laughs> I actually wanted to, I, you know, he's just, he's a college kid working a weekend, yes. whatever he's doing. He's, and I just said, okay. Right. You're, you're really making the world a better place here. <laughs> Stopping this five-year-old from jumping with his knees slightly bent into two and a half feet of water, as opposed to his legs straight, which is allowed. You're really doing a lot. To, to further humanity. We have a zero-tolerance policy of your cannonballs here. <laughs> wow. That is a good lesson for my kids in the 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 just ridiculous, ridiculousness of stated rules often. Mm. Whatever. What the frig ever. They've tired of the horse tank, huh? And uh, <laughs> wanted a little bigger body of water. Or... Uh, well, we got a giant bounce house uh, sort of pool thing that they swim around into. Yeah. They like that, but... They Whatever. Like, they like the Whatever. whole experience. They like the concession stand. They like all the other people being there. They just they like that whole thing, which I did as a kid too. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. So it feels it. like an event. And as I've often mentioned, it was at the far end of the town I lived in, and my buddies and I, at age seven, eight, nine years old, would jump on our bikes and ride the. Mm, it's probably about twenty blocks. Across the railroad tracks, through downtown, et cetera, et cetera, we'd ride our bikes to the far end of town, go to the community swimming pool. Nobody thought anything of it. Everybody in town did. But now you let your nine-year-old do that. Somebody would call the authorities on you. Right. You get investigated for child endangerment. I'll tell you one thing you see at the uh, community pool, and I don't mean this as... Well, I don't mean this in any means, but just sociologically speaking, people are way, way fatter than when I went to the community pool as a kid. Mm. There, there are 13-year-old kids that are just ginormous. And there's something going on in our biology and our food or something. Oh, yeah. Go, fat boy! Don't yell that at the pool. And please note, there's already a pee in our ool. We don't need any more. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.